Welcome to ViralCast, MovieViral.com's official podcast. I'm Dan, the executive editor for the website. I'm here today with some guests, uh, Chris, a friend of the site, Caleb, our contributor, one of our contributors, and Jeremy, first time on the, the show. So say hello to all you guys. How's it going? Oh, hi. How's it going? It's going well. Good. Uh, so this will be our year-end podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, the movies that, that came out this year in 2012, and, and also the viral campaigns that we have. We, there was a end-of-the-year viral sum-up that we kind of did uh, a couple of days ago, so we'll be kind of using that as a reference, and we'll definitely link you guys to that so you can see. Um, I think it really kind of sums up a lot of what happened this year, some other thoughts as well. So we'll try to touch on those even more, uh, especially when it comes to opinions. So 2012, pretty big year for, for superhero movies. Uh, so I kind of want to start off on a, on a good note and talk about what were everyone's favorite movies. I'll start off just to kind of get probably the, the big one out of the way. Avengers was probably my favorite movie of the year. That might seem like an obvious choice or maybe a, a not sophisticated choice, <laughs> but it was really something I really enjoyed. It's one of those things you just, I watched it, I think about five times and I, each time I was totally okay with watching it again. It just has everything you kind of want in a superhero movie. So it's kind of like the perfect, like, experience film for me uh there's some you know there's some movies that maybe had more depth to them like like lincoln and other things and they were very good too but that was kind of my one i was just like you want you want a theater experience this is the way to go so that's so that was that was my favorite uh we'll start with jeremy what was your favorite movies of the year uh it it would had to have been looper looper was my favorite i know that one was uh i think third quarter of the year. Yeah. I mean, it was a little while ago. I mean, it's overshadowed by uh, some of the bigger ones like The Hobbit uh, that just came out and uh, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. But it definitely was one that I, you know, a couple of days later, I would think back and it was like, oh, that was that was a pretty complex movie. And then time travel. I mean, you, you always got to worry about those time travel movies. <laughs> um, and getting all those plot holes looped together, but uh, I, I think they did a pretty good job on that one. That one is definitely my favorite. Yeah, I really like that one too. I just thought that uh, the ending for me was a little bit, you know, that was going. Uh, this one I don't want to spoil for people, uh, but it's, it's something where I, I was a little surprised by the ending. And I mean, I'm assuming that was their goal, <laughs> but for me, it was like, oh, okay. Like I was just kind of surprised the way they went with it. But uh, but otherwise, it was really yeah, solid. It, so. It's definitely the uh, how they wrap up the movie, the the ending. It's a real strong point. Uh, same thing with like Departed. I mean, that <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. one of those movies you remember for quite a while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, how about you, Caleb? What was yours? What were your favorite movies this year? Um, definitely Avengers. Um, you know, I still I, I still watch that. I mean, I, I I've got the uh, the urge to watch it this weekend, but I've been so busy I haven't been able to sit down and put it in the uh, the player yet. <laughs> um, definitely The Dark Knight Rises. Um, without you know spoiling the ending, it was. It, it was the perfect ending, in my opinion. Um, you know, people just really need to get over the fact that um, you know that, that they don't understand. I guess some people who are complaining don't understand why it ended the way it did. Um, but for everyone else, you know, thumbs up, great job. You know, you're on the. Uh, God, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> I'll kind of jump in in here. Um, sure. I was a little disappointed on the Avengers. It, it, they threw in so many characters that it kind of washed out uh, some of the star roles that I actually came for. Hmm. I specifically came there for Iron Man because of his his witty humor. And a lot of those jokes just, I mean, they, they shot him out there and they didn't really have the 
the time where you it sinks in and you really get a feel for it. So I I, th- mm-hmm. I, th- I think the the jokes were a little rushed in my opinion. Well, there's a lot of jam packed into that film. I mean, I I agree that there's I personally had a problem with it. I thought the jokes were good, and it, it is something where you're trying to balance everyone. I mean, a lot of people were say kind of joke around saying it's really Iron Man three. <laughs> because yeah. it's him. But I think they um, I think they do service to a lot of the the characters though pretty well. I mean it definitely you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to star Iron Man in it because that's what people know the most. You know, it's <clears> it's the movie there's already been two of the movies, people it's made tons of money. That's what people know. So you kinda have to have him as sort of like your leading guy. But I thought they, they did the other characters very well. I thought Captain America was a better Captain America than he even was in his own movie. Thor, <laughs> same thing. So I was really impressed with the that they didn't. They could have put a lot more characters in there, and they didn't. They didn't have like a new villain per se. You know, they had a new kind of army, but it was the same guy running it. So, considering what they were trying to do, they could have made it even more complicated. So, I thought they. I thought they were able to rein it in pretty well, but that's, that was my opinion. <laughs> um, well, they they did a really good job on one of the more silent characters, and that was uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, he just blew me away. I thought he was a great actor. Definitely. Uh, was was kind of the the out of the third field or side field that I didn't see coming mm-hmm. was an incredible role that he had. I really liked uh, the Hulk in that movie. Yeah, Avengers. A lot of people came away like uh, really. Do I that. think it lived up to the eight point four rating on IMDb? Yeah, <laughs> um, but it 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 was kind of shallow because of all the characters. I don't know, hmm. but. It, it it is the Marvel universe, and there are it's not even scratching the surface. So, <laughs> right, that's a great thing about it. There's so many more movies they they have to do. So, if you there's someone you really like, but you didn't feel like they got enough of them, you're you're gonna see more of them definitely. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to Caleb. So, were there any other movies? Yeah, um, Chronicle. Um, mm. That was another one. Uh, found footage format with you know the superhero slash supernatural power genre um, is awesome sauce in my book. Um, and I also enjoyed the fact that they co- sort of followed the development of the villain, right? And made you, you know, be sympathetic towards him instead of you know, hating him. So um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and um, I'm hoping they do a sequel. I think they're working um, on one. I'm sorry. I think they're working on one. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I um, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's it. The other ones are sort of um. Like surprises, I guess. Yeah. So, how about you, Chris? What were your, what were your favorites? I, I I have a couple. Um, one one of them is, of course, The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's a lot. A lot of people didn't like the third one due to the fact where it seemed kind. It was kind of like put together, which it was. I mean, Nolan really didn't want to do a third one, especially after uh, you know the death of, of Heath Ledger. He just wanted to put the uh, uh, series to rest. But um, he did a fantastic job with the Dark Knight Rises, um, and that 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 was my favorite kind of action superhero type of movie. Uh, for kind of comedy, Ted by far. Uh, I think that's going to be my number one movie for for the year. I still want a talking teddy bear. I hope they sell that at Toys R Us. <laughs> they have. Uh, I saw them online. Uh, they had. I can't remember where I saw it though. But I saw one online. I was like, oh, I want that so bad. But it's like it was like thirty bucks. So I was like, eh, never mind. <laughs> oh, I would gladly spend thirty bucks. That's like a good conversation starter. Hey, what's this? You have a teddy bear? It's like it's yeah. not just any teddy bear. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed Ted too, and you know, I talk about Dark Knight Rises since we everyone kind of touched upon that a little bit. 
uh, for me, I really enjoyed it too. I mean, I know a lot there, like you guys said there were some detractors to it, especially the way it ended, uh, where it was a little bit more of a, um, a story storybook kind of ending uh, to it. I thought that was good. I mean, someone like you know, give spoilers. I guess we should say here, even though you should see this movie. Uh, the the way that they ended, where you know he's finally found happiness. <laughs> you know, this is a guy who's had to like suffered through all this and he's been putting himself on the line, you know, after his parents died and he suffered so much that finally kind of see him be happy, I thought was nice. Uh, so I'm, and it's, and it's comic book. I mean, that's a nice way I thought it was kind of remind people, Hey, look, no matter how dark and gritty we get, this is a comic book movie. So, you know, this is a great way to kind of end it a little bit more storybook kind of ending. I thought, um, it wasn't quite as tight. I thought as maybe dark the dark Knight or even Batman begins was, you know, there's some threads there and might be a little bit of an issue, but, Overall, I thought it was it was it was still really good. It's one of those kind of uh, Christopher Nolan movies where it's a mess, but you love it, and then afterwards you kind of think about it, going, "Well, there were some issues, but you still enjoy it like hell." So that that was my opinion of, of Dark Knight Rises. And, and to touch on with the conversation about the Avengers, I, I think that you're going to have that kind of problem anytime when you have a bunch of superheroes and a bunch of you know, great actors all in all in one movie that you're right. trying to jam into, you know, less than three hours. Yeah. You're going to have that. You're going to have that issue. You're, you're going to have some people that's like, well, you know, the Hulk should have had more time or, you know, Thor should have had more time or even Captain America mm-hmm. should have had more time. It, it's you're you're going to run into that issue. But I think the Avengers kind of opens up the ability to create you know, another Thor movie or another Captain America movie, which is in the, in the works, or another Hulk movie with... Uh, but I, I think that opens it up to do that. Yeah, it, you know, what I was kind of saying before, too, with Mark Ruffalo as, as Hulk, that whole interpretation of Hulk was very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, coming out of all the screenings I went to and everything, I, that was the one everyone was really surprised at because, you know, the first Hulk movie was not very popular, uh, the one with Eric Bana, and then... More people like the second one with Ed Norton, and I, I really like that one too. But I think people may have felt like it's still not perfect. And then I really think that they really kind of nailed it this time with Hulk. Both the look, I think his look was amazing, and the fact that they actually made him look like the actor finally, you know, that made sense. So that was a big deal for me. And then the, you know, they didn't use him a whole lot, but they used him just enough, and you kind of got his character and the the psyche of how Bruce Banner deals with being the Hulk. And I thought that was really cool. So finally, they kind of really did, did that character 100% justice, I thought, this time. So that sort of begs the question. I mean, everyone's been talking about this, but should the Hulk get his own movie now, or should we just leave him <laughs> as a supporting character yeah. in another film? I mean, I'm I'm more in the kind of leave it be. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to have other Avengers films, and so you know he can be used there. I know they were talking about doing a TV show for a while, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen now, but that was something I know they were talking about. So for me, I think leave him be, I mean, I, I don't know if you can continue making him interesting. I think he works really great in that supporting role. What do you guys think? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. They, uh, they switched up the actor so many times, which is a, a definite taboo. And that's <laughs> one of the things with the dark Knight rises is that they couldn't, they can't just throw in Joker uh, yeah. again with the new actor so um it's it's one of those untouched and i think throwing it in as a supporting actor it definitely i guess is the the way to solve uh 
completely switching up a character. People just don't have the same connection anymore. Yeah. But I, th- I think they, they, they got it on this one. So that was good. Yeah. And, and, and also, it really doesn't... Uh, I don't know how big the fan base is, but I don't think there's a really big fan base for just the Hulk. Uh, not since the TV show years ago. It, it just really doesn't have a strong enough following where you can just keep trying to make remake a movie until you get that perfect cast. Right. Unlike what they did to, you know, Batman. How they remade it so many times that it didn't matter uh if they kept making these horrible movies, uh <laughs> that's they they would still have Batman still had a fan base. Right. Yeah, you, you they have a lot more leeway to kind of do that. Um and I think and I think it was interesting because it's the opposite problem for Superman where it was like they were so afraid of the fan following that they had trouble rebooting it, uh, and even though they did. So, yeah, I think the Hulk doesn't have quite the same strong... I mean, I love the Hulk. He's, like, he's been my favorite Marvel character for a while, but I don't think there's enough of that and enough people kind of going, oh, I have to see this. And I think the box office numbers for The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one, proved that. It was it did fine, but it didn't do great. Uh, so I think that that kind of proved the point a little bit. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think uh, let's, let's move on to uh, we'll keep we'll keep the good times flowing. Let's talk about our biggest surprises of the year. We talked a little bit about this uh, with some of our favorites, and some of mine kind of fall into your guys' favorites. Uh, so I'll go through mine first just to get them out of the way. So Chronicle was definitely one of the bigger surprises. It looked kind of interesting, but then I saw it and I was like, wow, this is a really well done found footage film. I know some people argued about whether the found footage part of it should have even been there, but I thought they did it very well. Uh, and then, but it was they. Played it really well, opened it up for a sequel, but it still works very much by itself. Uh, Ted was my other one. Uh, it was hilarious. I knew it would be. I knew it'd be funny. I'm a big Family Guy fan, but I didn't think it'd be that funny. And I was surprised by the reaction. Other people thought it was hilarious too. <laughs> it was very popular. Uh, it was actually the biggest comedy of the year, uh, and it's one of the one of the best uh, R-rated comedies ever uh, in terms of box office. And then Expendables too actually was my my other big surprise. Uh, I thought the Expendables was just okay. I love the idea of it, but I didn't think it worked 100%. And I thought they really nailed it down this time, finally. It was kind of everything you wanted in an Expendables movie. Uh, so that's just my opinion, though. So uh, what about you guys? Start with uh, Chris this time, since you're last. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say Ted. Um, well, a lot of people... Did argue? Did make the argument of, oh well, his voice sounded like Peter Griffin, and <laughs> I would tell him, shut up, just, just shut up. I mean, enjoy the movie. I was actually surprised when it actually came out. There were a lot of people who thought it was actually a Disney movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, there were there were people who were taking their ten year old kids, eight year old uh... kids to this movie, and then walking out like ten minutes in, they're like, this is a horrible movie. I can't believe they made this for kids. <laughs> Like they didn't make it for kids. <laughs> did you check the rating? <laughs> but I, I think Seth MacFarlane did a fantastic, uh, fantastic job with that. I actually watched the um, kind of the behind the scenes, or uh, basically an interview with Seth MacFarlane. He had this movie going on, also two other projects. He had Family Guy going on, and uh, something else that he's working on um, that wasn't even didn't even have to do with comedy. And he he just managed to balance all of this, and I have to give props to Mark Wahlberg. I, I think <laughs> no other person in that who could have played that role any better. Yeah, he's been really surprisingly adept at comedy. 
um, some of the movies he's done, some of the, the, the comedies he's done, I've been pretty impressed with him there. So I'm not a huge fan of him in terms of a, a dramatic actor, but I don't, he, he makes a good uh, comedy actor, I think, surprisingly. <laughs> um, how about you, Caleb? What were, what were some of your surprises? Um, Project X. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really big surprise there. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess it's like the hangover for, for kids, but not for kids because it's like <laughs> rated R, but you know, it's another found footage movie, but it was, it was done a bit differently. Like they didn't just use one of the main characters footage. They took footage from party attendees, cell phones. Like I think they had a couple of flip videos in the crowd. Gotcha. Um, and then it's just, you know, as the party gets bigger and bigger, you just feel this 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 doom inside <laughs> of yourself. It's like, oh my god, like what if this were me? Like I would be so dead. <laughs> and it just it, the party just gets absolutely crazy. And then stuff happens outside of the party that just makes everything worse. If you're looking for like a good time, <laughs> this is the movie that you want to see. Hmm. Um, another surprise was Dark Shadows. Hmm. Um, I know a lot of people were saying that oh, it's it's not Burton and, and Johnny Depp's best, but I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Like I was laughing the entire time, and I I hadn't seen like the original you know television show, right? But going into this, like I now I want to I guess I'm going to check that out now. But yeah, I was just laughing. And then the Killers wrote a um a song for the end credits that I thought was it was a cover of the Raspberries on um, Go All the Way. It was really good. Hmm. I'm very upset that they haven't released that on a single yet. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. I, I know someone who was pretty uh, upset that the Dark Shadows was so different. <laughs> I had uh, I knew someone that was very much a big fan of the original series, and they were it's very different from that apparently. And they were pissed that they, that they even made this movie like that. And I was like, okay, relax. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, that's the way they do the old television shows now. They they make them into comedies. Like yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. It wasn't a comedy television series. It was like a drama. Yeah, sort of. that'd probably be a surprise for me too. I kind of. Didn't think about that in terms of surprises. I was surprised how hilarious that was because I saw the trailers for it and just the idea of it, and especially with uh, uh, Charming Potato starring in it, I was just like, uh, "God, it's like looks stupid as hell." And I was, it was hilarious. I was really surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what I wonder what they're going to do with Baywatch. I mean, that that's been in production. I mean, rumored to be in production for a while. Hmm. And um, it's supposed to be a comedy, and I think Jonah Hill was once oh attached to that. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> if he is anymore, but. I know he's getting all that weight back, so I don't know. <laughs> huh. So, what about you, Jeremy? Where, where were some of your surprises for this year? Uh, you, you uh, one of the other um, one of the other talkers had mentioned uh, Chronicles, and I was like, "What?" And so I had to Google it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it, that came out so early in the year that mm-hmm. I totally forgot about it." But I was surprised because it, it reminded me so much of Akira, the the mm-hmm. animated. Uh, movie, I think back in the eighties or something, right? Um, with his special powers, the movie Chronicles, um, and it, it kind of made me think that because uh, I heard that Leonardo DiCaprio was thinking about filming in Akira also, hmm. um, but it surprised me because it it kind of jump started my whole interest into like you know what would people really do with those kind of powers, <laughs> right? Um. But that one, that was the one that really got me, uh, and the just the way the filming of the uh, the like the third person camera throughout the whole film of not really a docu- uh, documentary, but uh, just you know, kind of like it's you're there sort of thing and watching it as it unfolds. So I liked that one. It was that one. Uh, 
other the the only other one that I could say that it caught me off guard was the like the Hobbit. I mean, there was all that hype past it. It, mm-hmm. it, it did it live up? I don't know. It was it's something I'm still thinking about it since I saw it so <laughs> recently. But uh, I, jumping back to the early year, I'd say Chronicle definitely right, was cool. the one that surprised me. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, now I have to get to the dark side of 2012. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the most disappointing movies that we saw this year, uh, ones that we had some expectations for and they just didn't quite live up to them. Um, for me, I'd have to say Prometheus was probably my biggest one. Uh, I was so pumped for it. And if I, you guys saw our – last year we did a uh, list for all the writers, what we're, we're most anticipating for this year. Uh, and that was, I think – number four for me or something and it was just really disappointing to see how it was written for me it was it was just the character interactions were just terrible they were like no one did anything that made any sense uh, it, was, it was just really really disappointing and then i actually read the original script that john spates had written uh called uh, alien engineers and it was so much better it was much more it was a little more simple it wasn't trying to do the big ideas as much uh and everything made a lot more sense and it was it had a lot more direct connection to alien uh, so I really, I really was upset that like, they just decided to throw this away. They used some things from it, but they kind of pretty much threw, threw it away uh, to to do Damon Lindelof's version. So that really made me kind of upset. Uh, although it looked pretty, <laughs> you know, it's Ridley Scott. He knows what he's doing, but it was really the script that kind of bothered me about it. And then Total Recall was my other one. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been expecting too much from this <laughs> because of, because of it's a remake. But they just completely killed the idea. Like it became just like a generic action film. You know, it's about, it's supposed to be about this whole thing where, you know, you're not sure what's real and what's not real. And, and, and they do that a little bit, of course, you kind of have to, but they, they could have expanded upon it more. I mean, I thought that the original Total Recall did it way more than they did. And it just became like this generic sci-fi action film. Uh, and it was really kind of disappointing because they could have done some really interesting things with it uh, to really kind of get you going, like what's going on, what's real, what's not real. And, and, and really kind of having the audience really kind of, uh, question it the entire time, even also, but they just didn't even bother with that. It felt like. Uh, so, how about you guys? I'll start with uh, uh, sorry, Jeremy. This time, <laughs> you stole mine. <laughs> sorry, uh, I I immediately saw Total Recall, and immediately right after that, I I saw The Dark Knight. I I <laughs> wanted to watch something else. I mean, it the time flew by. I didn't. It didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, they definitely threw in, you know, the the token total recall alien chick that we, <laughs> we all were expecting. Right. Uh, I'm glad they threw that in there. But did it have the impact of the the 1990, I believe, Arnold Schwarzenegger total recall of that alien chick? No, not <laughs> not at all. Because we were kind of expecting. I don't know. It, <laughs> it it was, in my opinion, the kind of the most generic. Uh, movie that I saw of of the year. So, I I mean I can go a little further into uh, it. It made me watch uh, the core again. The old <laughs> I think it was two thousand four or something oh, man. movie of the kids trying to restart the core of the planet or something like that. Yeah, um, that one's. But a other than that, I mean, I didn't. It's. Um, <laughs> who who was the main actor in uh, Total Recall? I, I forget his it's, name. Uh, it was, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, um, he did a great job in uh, the Minority Report. Oh yeah, he was uh, good with Tom Cruise, right. and he only, it doesn't even look like he aged a bit. He, he's <laughs> definitely he can pull off the star role 
in a movie again. I mean, he's he's got it. He can keep going. But as for the movie, uh, I believe it, it, that movie had the worst rating out of all the uh, the ones that we've been talking about so far at a six point three. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you, yeah, you're right though. I mean, Colin Farrell was okay in it, but it just there was nothing there for him to do. It was just a bunch of random action stuff. And you know, I think that if you guys have seen Fright Night, the remake from last year, which I actually really like, that he was, you know, his role in that was really cool. So I mean, he's shown that he can act. So it's just a matter of giving him a decent script. <laughs> um, so how about to you, uh, Chris? What was your um, what was your most disappointing films? I, I'm going to catch a lot of slack for this, but <laughs> uh, I would I would have to say the Avengers, where it was kind of disappointing Whoa. to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the reason is is. Um, this is how I felt after I, I watched it for the first time. Um, I, I felt that it was just really, I don't want to say thrown together, but it was put together. There was really no storyline. It was just, okay, let's just put a series of scenes together and with, you know, it's all superheroes and we, we have a movie. It was just straight action all the way through. By the time I was done, when it was finished, I was like, okay, I just watched the movie and... I uh, I can't say that I liked it, and I can't say I didn't like it. It, it just didn't. Probably because I was really spoiled with Nolan's movies, where you just have that that twist of ending at at the end, where it, it's not something you a uh, hundred you know expect a hundred percent. It's just to me, it was just kind of that straight action flick, where it's just all action, no story, nothing. And I was just kind of a little bit disappointed with it. It w- didn't really show. It didn't really get the story of how they like came together. So I, I don't even think they knew how to bring all the everybody together. So they just used one of the agents that's been through all the <laughs> Iron Man movies. Cause you know, said, Well, if he dies, that's what brings them all together. And I, I think it was kind of a cop out. If you work for me, I would fire you. No, off of his head. Uh, but that's how it felt. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I don't like the movie. I I, I like the movie a, a lot, but to me, that was the only movie that I found like really disappointing. I now, if I watched, I I, I didn't watch any of the or Dread or or uh, Total Recall. I refuse to watch both of them because really don't like remakes of movies that were already decent. Um, and I really can't believe that they made another Paranormal Activity 4. If you want to talk about disappointment, <laughs> disappointment that they actually spent money on that. They didn't spend much, and they make money, so that's all. That's, <laughs> that's, that's pure business right there. It has nothing to do with you know trying to make the best material. That's just pure money making. There's things cost like less like $10, 15000000 million at most, and there's things bring in over $100 million. So that's, that's almost pure profit for them. So that doesn't surprise me too much, unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, I mean, I, I have to obviously disagree with you on Avengers, but uh, you know, I think that they, I think it was more. You're right in terms of the story. The story was not. I don't think. I don't think it should have been either. Uh, too complex. It's kind of like I would say like with Avatar. Like, there's a reason why they kept a pretty simple story. <laughs> it's because like it's not what it's about. And it's true here. I think it's more about the characters and about them coming together and, and how they interact and then kind of seeing these guys together. Um, it is definitely kind of a popcorn movie. Definitely more than Dark Knight series is. Uh, they're kind of like the two extremes of how you can do a, a, a superhero film. You know, one's kind of more dark, gritty realism with with a complex plot, and one is more kind of bing, bam, boom in your face. Um, and I like both equally. They're just different to me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, this is my opinion. <laughs> uh, so, wait, who's left? Is it Caleb? Or who's... Who? So I Caleb. It's Caleb. Yeah. So yeah. What, what were your uh, biggest disappointments? Um, the perks of being a wallflower. I'll start out with that. Hmm. Um, I, I read the book. I've been waiting five months to read the book. Um, I finally got it at the library, and I read it that night. Um, starting at 12 a.m., I finished around 5.30 a.m. So I read it cover to cover. <laughs> wow. um, I sort of cried a bit. Um, I cried for the wrong person, though. <laughs> uh, and then I watched the movie the next, well, the, later that morning, and I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, the author wrote and directed the movie, wow. but he kind of, like, changed everything. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the characters' motivations and stuff were, like, just missing, and there were several relationships that weren't even there that, were, that needed to be there. Um, so I just, and, and a lot of it was miscast. Like they've just put Emma, Emma Watson in there and, uh, Ezra Miller just completely overacted his character. Hmm. Um, Logan Lerman stars as the, uh, the main character, Charlie. He did a great job. I think he was the only person who was perfectly cast, but everyone else was just like, you know, thrown in there just to like, you know, for shits and giggles. <laughs> um, another one was the campaign. I mean, that should have been the funniest movie it had will ferrell and zach galifianakis mm-hmm. and i mean i i, I kind of chuckled a bit at it and i watched it with my mom and she laughed um the hardest just because of what zach galifianakis was wearing when he got out to shoot will ferrell in the knee mm-hmm. if you've seen the movie um he was wearing you know hunting gear and, and her father's a hunter so she knows you know what all this stuff is and um I just thought that was the funniest thing that she just found that to be funny out of the whole movie. Like she hadn't <laughs> laughed once, and that was the fun. And she just was dying with laughter like five minutes. She just couldn't think about it and not laugh. Nice. So, yeah, those are <laughs> my disappointments. But did, did John Carter come out this year as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't really expecting much, um, but I did waste you know some time. So I was disappointed in myself that I actually you know wasted time to go see that. Um, I mean, it, everything in the movie has been done before and done better. I mean, they, they, should, they should have made, before they made any of the sci-fi movies we have now, they should have made John Carter. Yeah. I well, blame you, Hollywood. <laughs> but, <laughs> that I, was I, Disney, right? Yeah. They, right. Uh, <clears throat> okay. It was. I, I have to be, I, I'm a John Carter apologist. I watched the movie. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, is it amazing? No. But I thought it was very solid. I, I was disappointed that it did so terribly at the box office. Um because I thought there were so many more movies that did better than it that were worse. <laughs> and it kind of made me mad. Because I thought, you know, the ending especially is kind of rushed. If, if I'm not sure many people have seen it. But there's, uh, there's it's kind of just going along. It's even, there are parts where it's a little bit slow. And then all of a sudden, like, the last, like, 15 minutes is, like, kind of rushed. <laughs> so that was kind of weird to me. But I get there's a lot of material there. Uh, it's, you know, one of the first sci-fi novels, especially, like, space sci-fi novels that was ever written. Um, so... There was definitely, it definitely should have, I agree, it should have been one of the first ones made, although I think the scale of it made it challenging to do that. Um, so I think that was the biggest issue for them to, to not doing that before. Was, you kind of see it in here where there's so much scale they have to try to film. It does come off looking a little bit Phantom Menace but uh, <gasps> That's another one. <laughs> Phantom Menace? You're a little late on that one. <laughs> You're a little late on that one. Uh, but yeah, so. I have to be an apologist for it. I still enjoyed it very much, though. But, uh, you know, 
I guess is the the ending had the possibility to be something great, but yeah, uh, I, it, maybe ooh. it was exactly what you said. It was just rushed or something. I yeah, know. I mean, it had a good concept for the ending, the, the twist that they had, and oh. how they made it work. But I just, I just, like you said, they just they kind of made it really fast. I'm like, oh shoot, what's going on? <laughs> so that that was my biggest issue. I mean, because there's so many parts during the movie that kind of lulled a little bit. I'm like, why don't you like cut that stuff a little bit and then extend this ending out a little bit? I don't know. So I think the fact that they didn't call it. John Carter of Mars also hurt the box office, you know, because like John Carter is such a generic name, you know. It's like Alex Cross, <laughs> Jack Reacher, or John Harrison, Jack Reacher. I'm thinking of titles of movies, like like not so, not so much to, oh, not, oh, not, no. not not so much uh, what might be fake names for future Star Trek films. <laughs> but uh, the, I, uh, that, that, I did have a question. I didn't know if you guys have an opinion on it. Cloud Atlas did that do good? I didn't see it, but that was one of my personal ones that I wanted to see. Did yeah, that, I wanted to see it that. too, and I didn't see it, but I don't think it did that great in the box office. I think I think it, I don't know. Bombed could be the right word for it, but I don't think it did well. And it, and it had mixed reviews. It's, it's one of those movies that's kind of like kind of big and hard to you know, it's hard to really kind of put your head around. That's my understanding of it. So I mean, I want to see it, but I also don't want to spend three hours of my time. In, in a theater, so I'm kind of waiting. <laughs> well, yeah, it had three directors, but it was the book was supposed to be the big draw to it. It had a good original story, yeah. but they kind of changed it. So I don't know. Well, I'll drop it, and maybe we can talk about it later. So yeah, I don't know if anybody. So did anybody see it? Caleb, no, I Chris? didn't. I didn't see it. No. It got a phenomenal rating in 8.0. I mean, that's mm. higher than most, uh, yeah. than some of the movies that that we've been talking about. All right, I think it's more like the people who we'll saw have it. to. I don't know. Eventually, buy the movies. There, there you go. Um, jeez, someone leaving. <laughs> I hear door creaking. Um, all right, so we'll talk about. Uh, so we talk about their biggest disappointments. Uh, Let's talk about what we just consider to be the worst movies of the year that we saw in general. Uh, so for me, there are two that I have. One is Red Tails. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen Red Tails, but it's pretty terrible. It's it's a kind of like the Tuskegee Airmen. It's like a retelling of that concept, but the acting is just terrible, and it doesn't. The story's kind of boring and stuff. It was just there's really cheesy lines and everything, and oh, it was just bad. Um, and the other one was Mirror Mirror, which is the one of the Snow White movies that came out this year. I thought the I thought the Snow White and the Huntsman was okay. It was fine, but the Mirror Mirror was terrible. It was it was trying to be really funny, and and it was just all the jokes were super flat. Although there was this woman behind me when I saw the movie that was just laughing hysterically at every single joke, but I couldn't stand it. It was terrible. Uh, it looked okay, like because Tarsem Singh as a director is solid, um, but it, uh, it it was just terrible <laughs> overall. Um, so let's start with uh, Caleb this time. What was what do you think were the worst movies of the year that you saw? Um, one that I was was supposed to mention in disappointments. Um, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace 3D. Um, <laughs> you know, when I when it first came out, I wasn't old enough to like you know have an opinion on the movie. Um, but now today, like everyone's saying, like that's the worst of the prequels. Yeah. Um, I still don't see why it's the worst, but I will say that you know, for all the stuff that George Lucas did for the Blu-ray releases, like you know, putting di- digital eyelids on the Ewoks and making it so Han, so- Han Solo shot first, why <laughs> couldn't he make the picture clearer? Um, why couldn't he you know, change the, uh, the, the, uh, the setting for the, the big droid versus uh, 
whatever Jar Jar Binks' alien race war is. It, <laughs> it looks like a Windows 98 background, you know? Um, and, and the 3D was, like, non-existent. So, hmm. you know, what was the point? And now, next year, we have, you know, Episode 2 and Episode 3 coming out within two weeks of each other. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if... I'm not even going to waste my money. I get paid to go see this, Episode 1. <laughs> I, I'm kicking myself every day for that. Um, but, you know, if... I'm, you know, I'm just wondering if, if he fixed, you know, anything else with... Um, you know, episode two and episode three for three D. Hmm, I doubt it. It's all about the money. I, th- I think they copped out on uh, Jar Jar Binks. They they put so much into that character, but it got such bad reviews from from people talking about whether it was racist or uh, uh, skeptical of whether they should even put Jar Jar Binks in there. And they completely cut him out in the second movie and. Yeah. I, I liked the character. I thought I didn't <laughs> feel it offensive, but for them to cop out and just cut the character, it kind of it it yeah. ruined any association I had with, with him in the first. He was a big character in the first one, and they cut him out. So I, I don't know. I think there was fan outcry, and they decided to finally listen to the fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my opinion of it. I mean, in general, I'm not a big fan of the, the prequels. I think they kind of missed the spirit of the original films. That's the, that's the biggest issue with them. I think. Um, and George Lucas should try to stay away from his own stuff if he wants it to be good. <laughs> that's my opinion. Oh, that's my opinion. Ouch. When he cause when he has too much of a hand in it, I mean, look, he didn't direct Empire Strikes Back, so that's the best one. So I, I I think you know Indiana Jones four, he had too much of a hand in there. So I think that when he kind of stays away from his properties a little bit, which is why I'm excited for the new ones. <laughs> I think they did him better. So that's why I'm excited for the Disney ones. Uh, so were there any new releases, Caleb? That that uh, were were just as bad. <laughs> yeah, um, the gray. Oh, okay. Um, I, I rented that and I fell asleep like halfway in. <laughs> like it was so boring. Like what it was going on. And then I um I tried to you know watch it again the next day. I finally got through it, and I was like, you know, the ending is just so disappointing. I mean, that's what they were selling this film. Like Liam Neeson fighting these wolves. Right. And you get to the ending, and it's like, oh, okay, wh- where's the fight? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lame. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> what about the? Uh, so go, with Chris. What was your? What do you think were the worst movies of the years that you saw? The, this year, yeah. Uh, I, I would say Men in Black Three. Hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't really impressed. I think it was just made just to just to get money. It was just really sad because you know I I really like Will Smith. I've always liked. All his movies, even even Hancock, which you know a lot of people didn't like. I like but... Hancock. <laughs> You're right, though. Hancock definitely has a a mixed uh, reaction from people. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like generic John Carter. It's like a oh, generic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John Hancock. Yeah, it's another yeah, one of those actors' names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that that I guess that was the the movie that I just I, I pretend just didn't exist in the <laughs> Men in Black series. Nice. So what about you, Jeremy? What, what do you think were the worst movies this year that you saw? I, out of, I've seen quite a few, like Total Recall, Looper, The Amazing Spider-Man, Prometheus. I've seen all the big titles. The one I stayed away from was Ted. I Aww. was scared to death that it was just going to be a, a <laughs> bad movie. But you guys are saying it was good. And uh, was I guess, what was it, the voice of the family guy? Yeah. Um, Peter Griffin. Uh, Similar to Definitely that. I looked up some of his work uh, from the actual actor. Because uh, you know they always do those uh, YouTube uh, 
sit in front of the camera and actually do the voice so people can actually get a, a face to the, the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sat through a couple of him and I was like, oh, it's, it's all right. But uh, I, I guess I'm kind of regretting that I didn't see Ted. I guess that would be my one regret of the movies <laughs> this year. Nice. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. So, um, so there were any other movies you guys want to mention? I uh, kind of I had my list of some movies I saw this year that, and kind of realizing that one or two of them may have fallen into these other categories. For me, for instance, Wreck It Ralph was probably would actually be one of the more the surprises because I kind of forgot about that. Wreck It Ralph was hilarious and it was a really good story. Uh, I was really impressed by that one. Um, and then Cabin in the Woods kind of surprised me a little bit too. I I heard a lot of hype, so it's kind of hard to say it surprised me. But the, the I thought Cabin in the Woods is really a really good one. Uh, were there any other titles this year that you guys kind of want to mention? Kind of give them a shout out. Uh, uh, even even though it's the end of the year, I, I finally I went to go see Django, and I have to say, for rushing a movie to get it in so that it could be uh, voted on, mm-hmm. I, I thought it, I, it's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie right now. Mm. I still see that. Uh, and I'm not really a big Jamie Foxx fan, uh, but Christopher Wal- Christopher Waltz just did a fan- phenomenal job. Uh, again, I mean, he did a phenomenal job in *Inglorious Bastards*. I mean, he did, he made that movie definitely with this one again. And I, I like I said, I'm not a big Jamie Foxx fan, but I thought he did phenomenal. Hmm. Nice. Um, anybody else have any uh, other titles they want to uh, kind of give a shout out to that they were that weren't in their other categories? Yeah, I, I can't believe I, I forgot about um, *Les Mis*. Hmm. That should have gone in, in um, you know, my, one of my favorites of the year. Okay. Um, absolutely beautiful film. Uh, a beautiful score, of course. Um, you know, a couple of the singers like Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, um, their, their voices could have get a little bit, uh, you know, boring and repetitive in terms of, you know, their range. Right. But, um, and I'm actually surprised that Russell Crowe, he has a nice voice. In, in a couple of the songs, he does really well, you know, but, you know, it just gets a bit repetitive. Um, Anne Hathaway, oh, my God, absolutely <laughs> steals the show. Um, you know, she has, like, 15 minutes of screen time, maybe less, uh, or, or maybe even a bit more than that. But, you know, in, in that short amount of time, she just completely steals the show. And, and if you don't cry at the end of this movie, you're not a human being. Or not a human being. <laughs> um, well, so did you guys see Brave this year? That's kind of an interesting. You know, Pixar has been having some issues recently. You know, they had Cars two, which was obviously not very popular, and now they have uh, Brave, uh, which had kind of mixed reviews to a certain degree. Uh, I enjoyed it, but definitely didn't feel like quite like a Pixar film. So, what did you? What did you guys think? They redeemed themselves with Wreck It Ralph. I don't care. That was that was a great movie. I saw it twice. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that wasn't even Pixar though. That was just Disney. Oh, uh, well, so. I thought they were the same same company. Well, uh, no. Well, Pixar is owned by Disney, but oh, Pixar does it's, Pixar does its own uh, films, and then Disney also does their own films. So uh, that's actually something we talked about this uh, one of our earlier podcasts this year. We talked. I talked about the idea of um, it's interesting to see Disney animation and then Pixar animation uh, because. The last couple films for Pixar, after I say like you count all the movies that came out after Toy Story three, for Pixar that would be Cars two and Brave, and then but for Disney, just just regular Disney animation, it's uh, the Winnie the Pooh movie which I adored from last year, <laughs> and then um, uh, Tangled 
and uh, now Wreck-It Ralph. And so the track record is looking a lot better for Disney Animation than it is for Pixar, which I think is interesting. Because, um, yeah, I agree. Wreck-It Ralph was just, I, I was blown away. I was, I was really impressed by that. Um, they also did Frankenweenie. Disney also did Frankenweenie this year, and that, I thought that was good. Uh, usually not a big Tim Burton guy, but I thought that was pretty solid. Um, my guilty pleasure of the year was probably Rock of Ages. <laughs> I know I got lots of crap, but I, I, I loved it, and I love 80s movie. 80s music, so I very much enjoyed that film, despite how silly it was. <laughs> yeah, I meant to see that. I'm going to have to wait till it comes. Oh, is it on Blu-ray now? Yeah, it should be out now. Okay, I'm going to go rent that. Yeah, watch. I was surprised. Uh, like, it, it, is, see it. it is very silly, but I love 80s music, and they do some good mashups and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a good a good way to deal with all that. And, you know, the actors are fine. And, and t- Tom Cruise is very surprisingly good as a, an aging rocker. Yeah, yeah. He's, I had the soundtrack. He sounds great. Yeah, he sounds really good. So I was, it was, it was impressive. I was, I was surprised. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so, so now we talk about movies. Um, you know, we are movieviral.com, So we should talk about viral marketing now. Uh, oh yes, this is why I'm here. I love this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we had several campaigns this year. Um, we have, like, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast that there is a. Uh, article that we wrote that has kind of a nice sum up of a lot of our stuff so people can read as well. Um, you know, the three big campaigns that really kind of had some meat to them were, uh, Prometheus, uh, the amazing Spider-Man and men in black three. Uh, so we'll kind of maybe go through those specifically first and then, um, we could talk about some of these other ones that, that came around too. So, uh, Prometheus was probably the one that had the most, that had the biggest splash. I think everyone, it was everywhere. It was at Comic-Con and they, everyone was talking about it. Uh, it was even at the end of the film where they had a little thing that mentioned the date and then people were kind of trying to figure out what was going on there. Uh, very interesting about where you get to see Whalen Corp. You get to see the, the what they call uh, Project Prometheus, the whole idea of them trying to go out to this other uh, planet or moon. So, it was very pretty, pretty in depth there. Uh, I don't kind of know what you guys, if you guys followed it at all, you know, what did you guys think of this campaign uh, and how it fit in with the, with the film. Um, and, uh, I'll start with Jeremy on this one. <laughs> uh, so the first one I believe was released was the Ted talk, the right. Ted TV. Uh, awesome, awesome performance by, uh, let's got to get his name here. Guy uh, Pierce. Guy Pierce. Awesome. Yeah. Just blew me away. Okay. So, <laughs> So he's sitting in front of Ted, and then he does a little back history. Now, this was a little teaser that wasn't even in the Prometheus movie. That's something kind yeah. of rare that uh, that companies release material that's not just recycled garbage. Because uh, <laughs> I believe The Amazing Spider-Man had so many trailers for it that someone pieced together all the trailers to actually make uh, like a 90-minute a uh, summary of what was in Spider-Man through all the trailers. So I later- literally just sat there for like 90 minutes and watched Spider-Man before it was <laughs> even released uh, of just combining trailers. And so <laughs> kind of disappointed with, with the amount of trailers, but I was just blown away. And that that's kind of the thing that interests me most with those, uh, those viral trailers. It's just the, the guy Pierce Ted, that was it. Yeah. Uh, later to be released was the, uh, the, the robot. Right. Um, of him being unpackaged and kind of a backstory for him, the reason why he was kind of created. And then the third one was the uh, the scientist, the female scientist of her applying for the job. 
uh, kind of hard to find that one on YouTube because it's buried so deep, but uh, uh, kind of gave a backstory right. to her. Um, and all these are buried in YouTube where, you, <laughs> where kind of not even associated to the movie, but uh, right. over the course, you know, you learn a little bit more and you became a little more interested. Um, yeah, I, I was yeah. really impressed with the the original content they, they created for this, not just, you know, websites and stuff like that, but they actually had, you know, video. I think that TED Talk, the one they released was like three minutes, but I think there was also a six-minute version of it. Uh, so they had a lot of uh, original content there. And so people, if they are looking for that stuff, are we have a Prometheus viral hub uh, on our site, so they can kind of go and check our previous articles, and you can, you can find it there uh, for some of those. Because you're right, they, they deliberately create these, like, YouTube accounts just to have like one video sometimes. And so it's like, you have to try to find that stuff. So, um, that's one of the nice things about the way we did our site. So we have a page where you can use that as a, as a starting point. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it was, I thought that was pretty solid for, especially for the original content that they created for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Caleb, what did you think of it? Uh, I enjoyed Prometheus's, uh, viral. I thought it was uh, pretty interactive um, I also enjoyed the little um, the little videos, uh, the TED Talk, uh, David Eight. Um, I especially love David. I think David Eight was my favorite of um, of all the little videos that they released. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the the website was 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 looked pretty nice, full, very colorful. Uh, <laughs> it was fun to like poke around and you know try to figure out the different passwords and all that stuff on that um, that that cube they released. Right. Um, and then it, there was a uh, thing we were trying to—I forget what we were trying to do—but I was working with um, uh, Anton An- Anton Volkov on on Twitter and a mm-hmm. couple of other people, and to figure out something about um, some Mesopotamian gods and all this stuff. Oh um, yeah. One of the passwords—I don't, I don't remember what it was to unlock—but yeah, that was a lot of fun working with them to you know figure all that stuff out. And you actually had to dig, you know. Through history, like actual history, to find this stuff, <laughs> yeah, um, like on Wikipedia tough. and all that, and uh, you know, we got a, a nice shout out from uh, the the Wayland Corp uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I think that the funnest viral um, out that I've one of my top three favorite virals. I won't say the funnest. I think Flynn Lives was a bit more fun, um, <laughs> but yeah, they yeah. they did a. Uh... Some cool stuff there with the, with the Whalen in- Industries website, where they actually have like a full timeline too of like their history. It was really interesting to read all that. Like, like they really had a pretty detailed information about the company. So uh, that definitely was something that also impressed me. Uh, how about Chris? Did you follow any of it? And what did you think of it? Uh, basically everything you got. I mean, this is I think the Prometheus uh, uh, campaign. I, I I followed a little bit more closely than I have in um, you know past viral campaigns that have actually uh, since I've been uh, a fan of the site. Um, it, it was really good trying to figure out everything, and uh, it was just really I, I don't know. It, I think that's why I d- didn't like the movie that much is because <laughs> I really liked the campaign, and then I saw the movie, and I'm like, okay, that was kind of a letdown. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt too. I agree. Yeah, the, the the teasers were so much better than the actual movie in in the lasting memories in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me, that kind of reminds me a little bit of 2012. Uh, you know, we covered that was one of, one of the first big viral campaigns that we covered back in 2009, and the viral campaign was really in depth. I mean, uh, not only did it have a, a good ARG to it, but it also had a big contest component to it. 
And uh, so they gave away a lot of stuff because Sony was made the movie, and so they gave away were giving away a lot of Sony stuff. But they also had an interesting ARG that actually kind of gave away some of the plot points from the film. But that stuff was more fun and much more interesting in depth than the movie could ever be. Obviously, just because you know what kind of movie it was going to be, and it ended up being that kind of movie, just a generic, you know, disaster film. Uh, so that's kind of remind me of that a little bit too. The idea that the, where the campaign is so much more fulfilling than the movie could be. <laughs> Um, yeah, the the Amazing Spider-Man uh, is probably the other one I thought was a really good campaign uh, this year. Maybe kind of similar too, where I thought the campaign was better than the film. Uh, very interesting, all over kind of the place. You know, there was a scavenger hunt where you got some Peter Parker stuff. They had the uh, tagging events so that you could tag the mark of the Spider-Man, uh, and then that led to the opposite idea, which is the Web Menace website. Then we got all these different things we had to try to like piece things together, uh, you know, that real kind of nitty-gritty ARG stuff. Uh, and then you had Oscorp Industries, where you got to do tests to be an intern, which gave you some footage and some background to the film. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was kind of fun, too. For me, I thought that was a little bit more interactive, even. Maybe it wasn't as big as Prometheus, especially because they didn't have as much, you know, video. They weren't as, as strong at Comic-Con as, as other ones. But I thought that was a much more kind of, I think, more fun and really... Uh, if you like the nitty-gritty kind of ARGs where you have to really kind of work with other people and try to figure out codes and turning things and all that stuff, I thought it was much more uh, geared towards that, and I thought they did that, that pretty solid. Um, what did you guys think? I'll start with Kayla. Um Yeah, definitely another uh, very interesting, uh, very interactive viral. Um, I was very disappointed that I didn't get a tagging event here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, they had their reasons for that, probably because it's, you know, very historic. They didn't want all that, uh, <laughs> you know, spray paint on the monument. <laughs> um, That'd be funny. It would be funny. Um, yeah. So, oops, I made myself there. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the little uh, DNA thing. It was a bitch to, you know, get through <laughs> it, but yeah, it, it really uh, paid off in the end. Oh, oh the... Uh, Web Menace website that was really fun. I mean, you you find pictures of Spider Man on the internet and you put it on there and you get a poster, yeah. actually two posters. And I've been wanting the Spider Man wanted poster. I actually have it up on my wall now. <laughs> um, so I uh, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, that was very cool. Well, what about you, uh, Chris? Did you follow any of it? Did you did you enjoy it? I, I didn't follow it uh, uh, that much. After, you know, following Prometheus, and I wasn't really looking forward to actually seeing the movie. I, I haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man movie, so mm-hmm. I didn't really follow the campaign too much. Uh, probably because I just wanted to make a stance and say <laughs> they should have kept Tobey Maguire and just redid the series. Oh, uh, that's, that's an interesting point, too, is that I wonder how many people didn't even bother with the campaign and obviously the film didn't do it as well too, but I wonder if people didn't bother with it because they didn't bother, didn't didn't care about the film as much. Because seeing the film, it was not too original. <laughs> I thought it, was, it kept relatively close to the to the original film uh, with some some basic changes here and there. But it was so much like every, when I was watching it, I was very much like, oh, like you had to do this again. Like <laughs> like it didn't seem necessary to me. Um, so I could see when people may not even bother doing the viral campaign, kind of having that same feeling. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? So, well, it was a reboot, and it had the same problem of like the Incredible Hulk of <laughs> either not caring, <laughs> yeah, or or liking the character. So, but uh, I think I think they did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I'm more interested in still following some of the the virals that haven't really fully been released yet, like the the Neil Bloomkamp of the Elysium, I believe. Yeah, uh, is yeah that upcoming one. I mean, they've been throwing uh, uh, teasers out for the last few years, and he did the same thing with District Nine back in 2006. Right, um, three years before even District Nine was released. Uh, of showing some video footage and uh, teasers, so I mean he he's been doing this for quite some time, even before you know like Prometheus started mm-hmm. pulling up some of their virals. So uh, um, highly recommend if you can find out um, some more about the uh, the teasers on that one. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> that's the one I'm following. Well, I, I put a couple of links on your Twitter on that one too. Yeah, well, and there's a you know Neil Pogham's also doing that whole eight. It's, it's separate. It's called a, the AGM Heartland uh, thing. That's, that's how we've tagged it on our website. And it's something where it's like, it's not technically part of Elysium. Some people thought it was. Uh, but it's supposed, oh. it's, supposed, okay. it's supposedly its own thing. It is by him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but some people are saying it's kind of just this other thing he's just kind of playing around with, where it's not really for a specific like project or anything. It's like, so, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. No one knows. And the, the, the creatures that they created for it are really weird. And so... It's interesting to see if that does play a part into it because the LECM there is part of an LECM campaign because mm-hmm. they were at Comic Con and stuff and but they've been kind of really start and go start and go um, in terms of this idea of having they have a Facebook page for the LECM is this uh, spaceship thing in the sky that the rich people live in and so there's kind of this idea oh you can maybe win a lottery or whatever to get up there and they kind of started that a little bit here and there and they just never really they haven't really done much with it so. That's gonna be hard. Yeah, correct. I, I mean, I watched the trailer and I still don't know much about the show. Maybe that's why the allure for Prometheus is people trying to get more information on a yeah I think, on a show. I think yeah. that's a great example of the reason why Prometheus was a very popular campaign is because the Alien series is so popular and this idea of the mystery. Of, okay, what's Prometheus about? Because they kind of kept it like that. You know how Damon Lindelof is, and they like to have the secrets and everything, kind of like J.J. Abrams, and so. Uh, the idea that they were trying to get all the secrets as to what was Prometheus really about, because you know, they were playing coy about the idea that it was a prequel to Alien and everything, when it obviously is. Uh, but they were tr- really kind of playing coy with that whole idea and everything. So there, I think that was a big reason. Whereas I don't think people really thought there was much mystery to Amazing Spider-Man. So maybe that's why it wasn't quite as popular. I mean, it, it did have a, a following. I mean, there were people doing stuff for it. But I feel like Prometheus had a much bigger splash than that. And I think that's part of the reason is because people care cared about the mystery of Prometheus more than they cared about in any supposed mystery of Spider-Man. I think that might have played a big role into it. Uh, another one that really wasn't quite about a teaser, but it was uh, the Peter, Zach, uh, Peter Jackson's blog for The Hobbit oh, yeah. that he's been doing over the last like nine months. I mean, I've watched all, I think he released nine of them, uh, which is pretty interesting to watch him go from recording the movie to, you know, trying to wrap it up like two weeks before it releases in the theater, yep. which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, they did. They watch, did. Watching the Peter Jackson blog. Yeah, those are nice. They did, they did some for Skyfall also. I just, <laughs> those weren't as popular though, but uh, they're still kind of cool. Um, but I think, I think you know, the following for The Hobbit was much more obviously, but uh, I like the idea of them doing the behind the scenes stuff and he did those for uh, Lord of the Rings as well. And so, <laughs> People really like that whole getting to see the behind the scenes stuff, especially for something that has a huge following like that. Did uh, did any of you guys follow? We barely followed it. The Men in Black Three viral campaign. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. So oh, it's, that, it's disappointing, yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was something where 
it, you know, this is Sony also uh, behind it, and it's interesting to see because we barely, we only covered a little bit of it. It was very product integration heavy, uh, and where they were and they had like Baskin Robbins and like the Huffington Post and stuff. Uh, but it was very, it was like no one really cared. I mean, I was watching, I saw some of their videos that they were posting where it's just the idea of the whole campaign is that it's this kid named uh, codenamed Bug Eyes. He sees that there's these men in black suits and he's trying to figure out what they are and who they are. Uh, there's also some alien stuff involved, obviously. And so he's, um, you know, and you kind of follow him and stuff. But you actually, you watch his videos, you go to his YouTube channel and like, I think his last one had like less than 13,000 views. Like, his final video, like the big, kind of his, maybe what you might consider the big climax of the campaign has less than 13,000 views, even now, <laughs> months after the thing ended. So it's really interesting to see how how terribly that that went. <laughs> it was kind of it had threads. It had a couple a couple of various viral websites and things like that. But it was just like there was it was just so dead on arrival. I'm not sure why. It, that movie, I mean, cost I think more than almost any other box office movie of the year. Hmm. I think it was upwards of like 300 something million. I mean, really? it was it was way up there. Uh, and for it to kind of bomb that, it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> um, but I think it's the, the fact that once you go mainstream and it's no longer hidden from the world where, you, you know, the individual YouTube account with one video that's not even has like doesn't even have the director's name in it that's associated with the movie. I think that has the allure for people to share with their friends and become viral mm. more than, you know, the up and coming movie that you go to. Dairy Queen, and then there you get the cops, and it tells you directly to go to the website to watch the new viral thing. Yeah, <laughs> so I think there's no obvious. lure there. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we talked about early on in our website's history uh, was because Sony started doing that. Because one of the big campaigns that we started covering was um, uh, Cloverfield, um, and uh, or actually District Nine was the official one for the website. But we covered Cloverfield before we were officially a website, <laughs> and so. Um, and, but even like Super 8 and stuff like that, like, you know, this idea of the, doing the, the, the campaigns where you're not really like official, I think is much more interesting. But then Sony just kind of blasts it with like their, their logos and stuff. So it kind of loses a little bit of it uh, when they start just kind of saying, oh, it's, you know, join the District 9 experience. And it's like, okay, you're kind of ruining it. Whereas like with like Cloverfield, like you can never tell what was official, camp what, what was official and what wasn't. So there's definitely a side of that, which is definitely worth mentioning. So just like that, that had a lot of sharing with like Chronicle, the whole third person filming sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, which which I really liked, and I I'm, I'm surprised that uh, it's not used in more films. I think there's only a few of them over the last like five years that have done that. Well, it's tough from a storytelling point of view to like to make that work and not have it be like annoying. <laughs> And yeah. so I think that's that's a big reason, and, and people are getting tired of it already. I mean, like I said, there's not that many, but people are already getting tired of it sometimes. Um, Paranormal Activity does that, and so, so I think that some people just kind of go like, oh, "I'm so sick of these found footage films," and it's like, well, "There's not that many." <laughs> so, and it seems to be better with like horror and, and that kind of genre because you know you can get the the scares in the camera and stuff. So, oh, Blair Witch. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. my bad. It's it's been done quite a bit. My bad. Sorry, Actually, but to be honest, I it hasn't phased that part of my life out. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, it hasn't been done too much, though. I mean, but you get enough of them where I think people are getting tired of it. Uh, yeah. But there wasn't really a good one after Blair Witch until probably like Cloverfield. Um, so it's just it's it's all about how you use it, I think, and that's what matters. 
So were there any, um, you know, we have some disappointing virals that we talked about on the site, but were there any uh, campaigns that um, that you guys want to talk about that were kind of interesting to you in the way they did it? I know I liked Wreck-It Ralph, even though it wasn't like a ARG. It was just more kind of, they had the games and everything. That, like all the games you see in the film, like the main ones, you get to actually play them online. Uh, and plus they had some funny videos and stuff. Um, so were there any other things, like either just elements of a campaign or full-on campaigns that you guys liked? Um, I'll start with Kale. Um, I enjoyed the Dark Knight Rises campaign a bit. Hmm. Um, their online game, I forget what it was called, but it was pretty fun to play where you uh, took control of um, a group of mercenaries to try and steal loot from um, different uh, places around Gotham City. Very challenging strategy game. Um, I also enjoyed the Hunger Games viral where you... Oh, yeah. um, you have to get your district's ID card. Um, first time I've ever paid to have a piece of um, viral marketing uh, nice. yeah, merchandise, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty worth it. I mean, it was still free. It, it was quote-unquote free, but you had to pay for shipping. Um, hmm. The uh, Robot and Frank Tumblr, um, really cute. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Not much there. I still haven't seen the movie. Um, I, I can't wait to see it, though. Um, I think... Oh, a Skyfall's viral was also um, pretty interesting. Where you had to go to the uh, you know MI6 website and uh, you know take a test to see if you were able to join, yeah, uh, become an agent. I actually tricked. Um, I was working on the Obama campaign at the time, and I was actually in <laughs> the campaign office when that went live. And uh, one of my friends was there working, and I showed her the website. I'm like, "Hey, look, I'm about to take this test to join MI6." She's like, "Are you serious?" I was like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> She's like, is this real? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's funny. And I was sitting there, I was trying to put the passcode in. You have to do it like a verbal passcode, a God oh, save yeah. the Queen. Right. And I kept saying that and saying it and saying it. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I, have, I, I put this passcode in. It's not working. So I finally gave it because it, it wouldn't work. And then when I got home, for some reason, it decided to work for me. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was interesting because it kind of went nowhere. I mean, when I was doing the year in review, you know, that that was on my radar. And, and I remember it was kind of a cool idea, but like I tried, I checked like Reddit and uh, Unfiction and all stuff and it just kind of went nowhere. It was kind of weird. Like you did a little bit and you got somewhere, but you didn't really, it didn't go anywhere after that. It was kind of strange. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, they could have done some really cool stuff with that because the James Bond universe is very, uh, you know, deep. So they could have, they could have done some, some more with that. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, one that I almost forgot uh, uh, that I'm sure a lot of gamers still remember, but uh, was the Guild Wars 2 uh, end of the beta was a Hunger Games theme uh, where you would go through it and you would like try to PvP. It was really, I don't know, it was kind of good and it was kind of bad, but uh, <laughs> that was kind of uh, uh, where the games meet movies sort of thing, which was kind of weird. I don't know if any of you guys played the Guild Wars 2 beta, but uh, no, that's that was enough. kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't, but that sounds interesting. What about, uh, what about you, Chris? Were there any uh, other things that you followed, that little things that you liked from this year? Um, going for the Dark Knight Rises um, was, the, uh, was the app, which is the Sounds of Gotham. Hmm. Which was absolutely awesome because it it actually changes as if if you're running or walking or whatever, hmm. or if you change locations so much, it actually change to a different you know sound of a different sound of an area of Gotham. Which I thought it was what well, was pretty cool, um, hmm. since you know, yeah, 
I like to run and everything. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And it's something small. Uh, I still have the app on my on my phone and plan on using it again after you know it warms up a bit. <laughs> so I have had that. And oh, what was the other thing I was thinking of that I can't think of right this minute? Uh, yeah, I would. I'll just mention the. Uh, uh, we were kind of spoiled. Uh, it even says it on uh, on the site. We were definitely spoiled with the uh, uh, the Dark Knights. The Why So uh, Serious? Why So Serious? Yeah, that was really good. Um, I, I think they, they kind of tamed off a little, a little bit on that uh, this time around. I don't know if that was because they didn't, you know, to begin with, they really didn't want to do the movie or a third one, <laughs> or they just. Well, they didn't, they didn't use 42 Entertainment this time. Uh, and I feel like no one really knows, Like, especially because 42 Entertainment is pretty secretive and studios don't like talk about how they market things. But I think that there was definitely a, um, kind of a feel like they didn't need to. Because 42 Entertainment, like, it, you know, they're a company. So you, Warner Brothers would have to pay them if they wanted them to do a campaign. And their campaigns tend to be expensive. The Tron Legacy one costs a little bit. I forget how much it costs. I think someone told me about $20 million. But they... Uh, you know, they cost money to run these campaigns, these really interesting campaigns that 42 Entertainment does. And I think they kind of felt like, well, you know, the Dark Knight was so popular for the film. There's so much anticipation for this last one that we're not even going to bother doing, like, trying to, you know, spending that much money on a campaign like that. We'll just do kind of more regular stuff. And a lot of their stuff was a little bit more product based. You know, there's a lot of branding and stuff like with Nokia. And I think they just, they went that route instead because they just didn't feel like they needed to do a whole campaign. So it's kind of, Kind of sad. It would have been kind of cool, but uh, you know they made it work. And and I just remember the other one. The other one, even though they it only did it to uh, uh, basically a group of people, and they actually showed it on YouTube. The whole Skyfall was the Skyfall and Diet Coke. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> and cool. I was so mad because I've actually went around to all the Diet Coke machines that I could possibly think of, <laughs> thinking that I'm um, hoping that you know. Do do it, but now it's just for that that certain group, which I have to say I'm quite jealous about. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, like I said, they didn't do a lot of cohesive stuff for Skyfall, but they had a few little things that were really interesting. Uh, but did any other uh, things uh, that Jeremy that you that you saw this year that you really liked? Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, <laughs> the, the Prometheus. Someone did an analysis on it because a lot of things really didn't come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone said it like it was based off of like a Jesus alien because, <laughs> you know, the, the, the engineers was sort of like the creator. Why was that warship with the, uh, the, the virus set 2000 years ago, right. the Prometheus original viral trailer, Ted, he, Guy Pierce starts it off with, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2023, sort of thing. Right. It, it was supposed to be a deeper analysis of what the what he was actually trying to give with the message of Prometheus actually being like, <laughs> what if what if God was an alien, sort of. Thing. Yeah, it was interesting the idea that that, that Jesus was an engineer. <laughs> yeah. that, that whole idea was interesting. Um, but that's something that's kind of just now surfacing because the, there was so many loopholes. People are starting to fill in the blanks, and some of them are actually quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What else? I, I think that was it. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited for uh, Iron Man three. That's the only real thing that I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to. Whether or not he drops the ball, because I mean he's been good so far. 
I mean, you can only do so well. I mean, even with the the third Dark Knight, uh, a lot of people didn't like it because they felt there was too much storytelling. Hmm. But uh, I think they did a good job by actually putting age in into Batman because right. this he has been doing this for like ten years. His body's shot, no no cartilage in his legs, scar tissue everywhere, and I was like, that actually made him human and for the end of the movie to feel a little bit more better i thought thought that was that was a good wrap up to the the batman trilogy that they did there but uh Mm -hmm. i'm not too interested that the next hobbit thing is going to be a trilogy that (laughs) really i think he shot himself in the foot right there um peter jackson because uh i don't know if we can take like the three more movies sort of thing yeah it's Um, it's strange because it's you know it's only a 300 page book and they obviously are throwing in some, like I guess, appendices from uh, Lord of the Rings and things that Tolkien has written. But it's a, it feels like filler. I mean, because I liked The Hobbit, but I thought it was kind of. I definitely agree with some people where that stuff that they try to do to tie it into Lord of the Rings, uh, it was definitely felt a little bit like they're just trying to tie it into Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was natural to the story. So you know, it kind of sucks that it, that's probably what they're going to continue to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you mentioned Iron Man 3, it kind of brings a point that I kind of just want to go ahead and mention to you guys or ask you guys. The idea that Marvel has never really done a real, like, ARG for any of their films. Uh, we've seen a little bit of the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. concept for Avengers uh, and Thor a little bit, but we've never seen, like, a full-on ARG. Do you think that they might ever bother doing that? And if they so, I mean, you think that would be worth doing for them? Um, I'll let anybody who wants to chime in, chime in. <laughs> for for Marvel, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the only character that I thought they could have done that because you know the whole Marvel universe, different like dimensions, sort of thing. It's all kind of tied together. And what I want to see is Marvel zombies. <laughs> if they were to throw that into there for an actual, uh, what was it, an ARG? I, I wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with the term. I'm kind of new to following the whole viral. Oh, it's like know. it's like an alternate reality game. So it's like the some like how Prometheus had their viral campaign. And Amazing Spider-Man, where you have to actually like follow clues, and there's a narrative to it, and you have to be interactive. So it's like they call that an ARG. If if they were to do that with Marvel Zombies and actually make an R-rated, because that was, I think the whole reason why Disney bought Marvel is because they had the kid audience. They didn't have the the teen, um, you know, audience. That's why they bought Marvel for X-Men and stuff, hmm. but. The majority of their 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 audience is aging into the fact that we we need like R rated material now, kind of like Ted, where <laughs> Marvel Zombies would completely fill that slot. I don't know if you guys have been following it, but there there is enough material for right. them to and the cast because they they're bountiful bountiful with their Marvel cast. I think they're doing a Hornet too or something like that. I, um, the doing... new female actor, she's coming into that some B thing. Oh, oh, the Wasp. They're doing uh, a yeah. they're doing Ant Man and uh, the Wasp. So uh, probably should. that'd be interesting to see them do the zombie one. I, for me, I just can't imagine them bothering with that for a while. I think they're gonna milk their regular uh, that... Marvel stuff dry before they even go go there. <laughs> Which had what Nathan Fullen or something from Firefly? Uh, they haven't ca- they haven't cast uh, Ant Man yet, so. Oh. <laughs> There's been a lot of rumors. That's been the big. That's what the fans want. The fans want Nathan Fillion, but he's get, he's starting to get up there a little bit in age. And uh, but and I'm a big fan of his, so I wouldn't be too upset by that. But <laughs> I think that's uh, that's just fans kind of. Doing it. Now, granted that uh, 
you know, he's kind of in the wheelhouse there because, you know, he's worked with James Gunn, who's doing, who's directing Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's worked with Joss Whedon, who obviously directed Avengers, and he's kind of overseeing a lot of this uh, Marvel stuff uh, for Disney. So, I mean, he he definitely has the friends in the important places, so he could do it, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you have the 100% web based shows like um he did that sing-along uh which was oh, yeah. uh, blog, the dr harville sing-along yeah blog. i mean for that to be a hundred percent web-based and i think it had a low budget too extremely mm-hmm. low like ten thousand. and right. for them to have that good of a cast and the material i think that's the next evolutionary steps where they don't even bother with theater i guess i don't know I guess they're missing out on too much money if they do that, but uh. yeah, because they they did that during the uh, the writers' strike because um, the writers' strike was from two thousand seven to two thousand eight, and so they 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 did it during that because you could that's the only thing you could really put out there uh, because it wasn't because it wasn't on television, so they they did that and they ended up it ended up airing on television just recently and they you know they had it on DVD and they had the soundtrack to it and so they made some a little bit of money there anyway. But you're right, it was a small budget, but it was a really cool, really cool thing. So if Neil Bloomkamp can do that with that uh, that that stuff that we were linking with right. the uh, the AGM Heartland thing, yeah, correct, yeah. If he can do something like that, then I'm sure, and maybe tie it into a movie in the future. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see where he, where he goes with that because that's something where he's left it open, so he can do him saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what uh, you guys is there? Um, uh, so is there anything else? I mean, I think that kind of we covered quite a bit of stuff today. <laughs> well, I, I, the, to go on, I don't think Marvel really needs to. Oh yeah, uh, you know, do any campaigns, especially for now that you have some big names out there. You know, Thor, Captain America. Uh, you know, the Hulk kind of uh, was revived. Um, it, they didn't have as many superheroes that needed re- reviving, like. The Dark Knight, or even even uh, Superman with you know Man of Steel, right. they they just don't have that problem. Now, having said that, you had Thomas Jane who came out with his own ten minute clip. Uh, what was that? A couple months a couple months ago. All oh, right, for Punisher. Of, of, for Punisher, and that just caused a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, uh, somewhat kind of. Uh, lawsuit on the on the other end for using you know the dark knight uh soundtrack but it it caused a lot of hype and i think if if marvel were to do anything i think they should just follow what thomas jane did yeah and it's in terms of just creating these 10 minute clips that just sparks the interest of people well i think they're they're little what they call the one shots has been pretty popular too they have those little uh, on all the DVDs for the for the Marvel films, they've been putting those little things and mostly featuring Coulson uh, on there, uh, where it gives you a little bit more background into the film and stuff. The film, so I think that that kind of stuff has gotten really popular. I mean, they had a screening for the last one, which was called Item Forty Seven, uh, that was on the Avengers DVD, and at Comic Con they had a screening for it, and there was a line for that, and they had a little little mini kind of ARG for that, where people had to try to figure out where it was. Um, so that, I mean, th- there was already, you know, there's a lot of talk just for that. So I think that they, you're right, that there's a lot of content that they could be producing on a smaller scale that kind of helps their other stuff. So, and they have the resources to do it. So I'd, I'd love to see more of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that, 
we cover pretty much anything unless you guys have any last thoughts about 2012. Nope. <laughs> do, do you think uh, that any of the campaigning is going to change in, in light of, uh, you know, I don't want to be kind of a doubter, but there's a lot of talks about, you know, we're, we're trying to still, um, I, I want to say, put the blame on for the whole thing that happened. I mean, WB did a great job in, in the midst of the war shootings. Mm-hmm. And now with, you know, with, with now that it's kind of in the media's eye, do you think that any campaigns are going to change? Because do you, do you think they would actually release if, the, let's say, The Dark Knight was going to be released next uh, w- next year um, and they were going to do the Why So Serious campaign, do you think they would actually go on mm. if something like that would happen? Do you think That's interesting. Campaign, the campaigns are actually going to tailor it back this year for some movies due to the fact of you know everything that's happened? Yeah, I mean... We've seen in the past where campaigns have gone wrong. I mean, since 9-11, I think we've, that's when you started seeing a little bit more dangerous things. I mean, the Cartoon Network had their Adult Swim issue uh, several years back where they had these light-up things that people thought were like bombs. <laughs> and uh, I think they got sued or something. So there, you know, we've seen in the past, ever since 9-11, really, has been this bigger issue of people worrying about, you know, are these things terrorism and stuff? So I think that that's going to be always an issue. I don't know if these specific shootings that have happened recently affect any of that. Obviously, we've seen them affect Gangster Squad, just their, how they filmed it, but um, right. I think unless they're shooting specific, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference. Uh, and it just it depends on what they do. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the movies that are coming out that might involve shooting at all, and so there's not many. Um, you know, Robocop maybe or something. <laughs> so the, I don't see it being too much of an issue because it's already been sort of an issue since 9-11. Uh, and and now it's getting to that point where it's not that big of a deal. I think it's all about how you do it. And I haven't seen anything so far where it's been there where they're going in that direction at all. So I mean, some of the things that we've already seen that are coming out next year, like uh, Man of Steel and RoboCop, Pacific Rim. You know, those campaigns that we start, that have already started that, that for movies that come out next year, they're not even close to what seems like that might be an issue for, at least from what I've seen. But you never know. It's really hard to tell. Unless we've seen something in that direction, I think it's really hard to dictate that. The only thing I could see a problem would be like Comic-Con or something where you mm-hmm. got people trying to dress up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and where you would have a the actual problem because I don't see that being too big on releases. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that the... And those things always have issues. I mean, they have pretty good security at Comic-Con, um, from what I, just my experience going there. But, uh, you know, and you get some people dressed up as some pretty effed up things, but they have really they have really good security usually, so it's that's, that's not an issue. But, God, that would be a scary idea <laughs> of, the, of someone choosing that as a location to do one of these terrible things that have happened. I mean, that's a good location if you're, you know, if you're in that mindset, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, so unfor- unfortunately, it's a good location because oh, there's lots of people. I don't want to go, Dan. Oh, my God, you're scaring me. Stop. <laughs> and then, they're, uh, they're then you have the me. inverse, which would be, like, the crow, where they replaced one of the blinks with, uh, a, a, I think, a real shell or something like that. Mm. Um, but that was way back in 92 or something. I don't mm. know. Oh, yeah, from the movie. But, uh, I yeah. mean, there's always the threat there, and it has happened in the past. So you, I, I think there's always going to be security, and it'll always, <laughs> for the most part, um, be pretty safe. So, yeah. um, 
Now I'm just trying to scare Caleb <laughs> so he won't go. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's an interesting question, though. I mean, because definitely we've seen a couple things this year where we've had some changes. I mean, Gangster Squad was a great example where they had to cut out that uh, theater scene because they had a theater shooting scene. Uh, and so they had to cut that out, and then I think they ended up having to reshoot a few things because of that. And they got pushed back to January, which kind of sucks. So that movie looks really cool. And so it sucks that they got pushed back. And then uh, The Watch, which was originally called Neighborhood Watch, but uh, which is about the aliens, the Neighborhood Watch guys with uh, Ben Siller and stuff, and there's the aliens. And so they originally were called Neighborhood Watch, but then right when the, the Trayvon Martin thing happened yeah, in, yeah. In, in Florida, the, na- the whole Neighborhood Watch had like a bad name to it. Like, people didn't like the name Neighborhood Watch, and they ended up having to change their promotional stuff and, and – uh, and also uh, the name of the actual movie itself <laughs> to just the watch, just in order as a reaction to that because that movie came out in the summer and that whole thing happened I think in March. So they were they were right in the middle of their campaigning and so that's the, you know real life stuff happens so it's, it's so hard to predict that kind of stuff and I, I don't think that the stuff this year has much of an effect for next year in terms of how they're doing things. I mean, again, it depends on what the materials, but I think we I haven't seen anything that's already started a campaign that is going in a direction where they have to be concerned. But you, you never know. That's what I've seen, at least. Um, that's a good question, though. So, anything else from uh, you guys about 2012? Is that it? Yep. There's more <laughs> trilogies coming out. Just kind of watch those. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. More reboots and remakes. Come on. More paranormal activities. <laughs> Just when I thought I finished them all. There's more. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for coming uh, to the podcast. Like I said, next week, uh, for the listeners, we'll be having one about the movies that are coming out this year and some virals coming out this year, so maybe we can have some of you guys back. Thanks for, for coming on, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.